ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hello. Oh, no, wait, don't don't skip forward. I'm Matt Bevan. I'm just here to quickly tell you about my podcast, If You're Listening. It used to be called... Russia, if you're listening. And also America, China and Australia, if you're listening. But now I'm trying to get everyone to listen, including you. It comes out every Thursday, analysing the craziest news on Earth. Find us in the Listen app and wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. We know fast fashion is incredibly damaging for the environment, but have you ever thought about what it's doing to your health? Cheap fashion is full of microplastics and you're almost certainly breathing them in. Today, war on waste host Craig Rucastle on his shock and rather uncomfortable discovery. Craig Rucastle, in the past six years, have you ever used a disposable coffee cup? <laughs> I, I think I did use one actually oh. because I was it was a confusion of it ordering. Oh. I thought I'd ordered one in a, a ceramic cup, but I was given otherwise. And I guess by that time the damage had been done, so I drank it. <laughs> All right, so not your fault. And of course, your War on Waste series six years ago, you went a big way to encouraging Australians to take reusable coffee cups to their favourite cafes, didn't you? Today, I want to convince the good people of Melbourne to ditch their disposable coffee cups and to bring a reusable cup instead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I guess that was just an indication of an overall thing, which is that just generally if you can change to reusables over single use, it's better overall. And the coffee cup was just an example of that, I guess. Sorry, guys, you can't get on this tram and fill with coffee cups. <laughs> what a waste. <laughs> Now you've been delving very deep into our rubbish again. And oh my, Craig, don't we have a lot of it. You even tried to get some beachgoers in Manly in Sydney to pick it up, per se. Yeah, can you lift it? Step up and we'll see. Australia creates 2.6 million tonnes of plastic waste a year, uh, which is about 100 kilos per person. So that's not your individual, you're not individually throwing that out, but that's overall our Australian kind of plastic consumption. We try to get Mm. people to lift it and they struggled. And we struggled to lift our own uh, plastic waste. Use those muscles. They look good. Can they lift? (laughs) I can climb up it. Tell me, while you've been trawling through our rubbish, what shocked you the most this time? Look, we did a little experiment to find out how many microplastics were inside me and it was one I was kind of reticent about doing. Yes. Uh, not just the process but the, the you know, seeing the results. Microplastics are tiny bits of um, plastic, so I think less than a millimetre in size. Uh-huh. So tiny you can't see them with the naked eye. No, But you did establish that there was lots in you. How on earth did you manage to do that? <laughs> Look, I hate the details of this but I had to provide a sample to <laughs> Professor Fred Lush at Griffith University. A sample of? A sample of a poo, definitely, right. yes. Okay, so great. it's come from my digestive tract. Um, all for a good cause, Craig. All for a good cause, exactly. What I found fascinating about talking to Professor Fred Lush is that it's 
really in the early stages. Like we don't actually know a lot of the health consequences mm. of this yet. The universe of chemicals that we're dealing with on these and in these microplastics is so large that it's a huge amount of research, um, which is really just scratching the surface at the moment. So we are aware that microplastics are in sea ice, are in ocean floor, are in birds, fish, are in beer, are in us. But the question as to the, the how much is in there and the actual impact is we're still at the early stages of figuring out. We've covered the globe with a layer of microplastics by now. Well, I guess the next question is how much is getting into in, us? Into us, that's a good question. And we have some part of the Yeah, I think that's something we definitely want to know. Just remind me, Craig, how many microplastics were in you? Uh, there was about there was about thirty pieces of microplastics oh, in me in, from that one sample. So the thirty bits of plastic, and they're long. Yeah. I thought they'd be like little tiny little bits. These are the what we call fibres. Okay, so the long ones are fibres. According to the scientists, there it was about the average. So, and again, it'll pro- it can be different for different people. What shocked me about it, interestingly enough, is that I think my presumption was that microplastics I would have inside me would have come possibly from the food chain. We've obviously seen a lot of reports over the years of microplastics being found in water bottles or, or actual tap water as well, beer, you know, fish, all of these types of things. And you go, okay, well, this has become part of, you know, the human food chain. Is that where they will come from, from what I've eaten or drunk? Uh, the actual microfibers that we did find inside I me, mean, most of them were actually microfibers of polyester or, or fabric. Mm. And that did surprise me. And that would have come predominantly through inhalations, through actually just breathing it within mm. the air. And it's, you know, it's either coming from clothing or, you know, our carpets or our rugs or, you know, so many things nowadays. Over 60% of clothing and textiles are made by fossil fuels are made by plastic, predominantly polyester. So that surprised me that that was the major thing mm. within me, although there were some other pieces as well. You put it together, it's probably about a ping pong ball size of fibres put together a year. Okay, so it's not just going through me, it could be becoming more part of our bodies. You're becoming a plastic man. Oh my God. We spend all of this time trying to eat well, not to drink too much, you know, do the best by our bodies, and now you're telling me we're full of microplastics. That's yeah. that's not great. We need to kind of pause and not overreact. So, for instance, that, you know, there are lots of things that we ingest in small quantities that don't necessarily have a negative effect. It's a lot about quantity. With plastics themselves as well, plastic in a sense is reasonably inert. Mm. So it's not necessarily that plastic is going to do something negative, but but one of the complex parts about it is that when when plastics are made, there's an enormous amount of other chemicals that go into them. There's kind of stabilisers, there's fire retardants, there's colourants, there's a massive amount of that. So we actually spoke to the scientists about saying, well, can you take the kind of the the sample you found in me and kind of then break down the next level, which is to find the chemicals in it. Unfortunately, we didn't have the time and the kind of ability to be able to do that yet. But that's the kind of broader question then is, is it may not be specifically the piece of plastic, but maybe what is being used to make that plastic or is linked to that plastic. And plastic has also been shown in microplastics, for instance, to be bad for coral life because it, it kind of other microorganisms attach to it and it kind of grow on it. So, again, it may not be necessarily the plastic itself that does the damage, but it may be things associated with it. 
Mm, and you mentioned, of course, there's a lot of these microplastics in clothing. And gosh, don't we have a lot of clothing? We do. And, <laughs> and this is the fascinating thing is that over 60% of our clothing is made from plastic, is made from fossil fuels, is predominantly over 50% is from polyester. And you have nylons and other things as well. And, and that's really interesting because it, it's actually one of the ones, to be honest, that is difficult to find a solution. Mm. I've, I've kind of been hearing from people for years, oh, it's okay, we're going to put a filter on our washing machines to solve this problem. Mm. And then I've spoken to people saying, well, yeah, kind of, but to do that, you, you kind of need a washing machine. You need a kind of filter next to your washing machine. It's almost the same size as your washing machine, you know. Yeah. It, it's difficult to actually do this. Now, some of it actually is picked up in the kind of the water treatment plants can actually filter out some of it and maybe that's where we need to do it. But at the moment, it's difficult to find a solution because, you know, a lot of people say, well, we should just not have plastics in clothing. We should yeah. go back to natural materials. But obviously cotton, which is about 25% of our clothing, it itself has a kind of environmental footprint. There's a lot of, you know, enormous amounts of water is used to, to make cotton. Uh, there's obviously fertilisers used in that as well. And it has its own kind of footprint. And even things like wool, obviously sheep at the moment, uh, high, very high methane content because mm, of global gosh. warming. Yes. So, so it's kind of a really difficult one because you go, well, yes, I can kind of potentially solve this microplastic problem by shifting to all natural fibres, mm. but that doesn't necessarily overcome the overall environmental footprint of fashion. And, and, and that comes back to which is why the major kind of message we give in the war on waste is at the moment what's happening is we're buying more and more clothes and wearing them less and less. And we need to go the opposite way, which is to buy, buy less, wear longer, extend the life of clothes, whether it be through mending, resale or otherwise, or swapping because that's what then reduces that overall environmental impact of fashion. We're inhaling all these plastics. <clears throat> mm. I'm pretty sure every Australian would say they don't want to be doing that. No. <laughs> but there doesn't seem to be... There's not a simple solution. No, no, it, it really isn't. And, and as I said, the only thing I would caution on is just to say, look, there are some early studies that suggest that maybe these plastics may affect at certain rates, might affect reproduction. Uh, there's potential links to some cancers. But again, I don't want to over-scare people. We're at the early stages and it depends on how much, of course, is in there. You mm. know, at the rates that were inside me, it's not necessarily I'm not kind of freaking out at this point whilst I'm not thrilled <laughs> by the fact either. All right, well, Craig, you had a win on coffee cups the last time you did a series like this. What do you think you might change this time? Interesting, interesting. Oh, look, I think we, you know, we, we're kind of going back to some of the themes that we started with to see how far we've come. And we, ha we have made some really positive changes and that's been great to see. You know, we have had some single-use plastic bans. We've really had seen a fundamental change in approach to, for instance, plastic bags in shopping centres, you know, used to be the single-use plastic ones just given out at will. Ever since they started charging for those, one supermarket showed that now 80% of people are actually bringing their mm -hmm. own, which is a great example of changing your habits has kind of reduced the waste overall. We've seen that happen. There's been an increase in organic recycling. I think that's mm -hmm. the area where really we need to really ramp it up because, again, food... Our food waste is one that we control a lot in our own home. We create a lot of food waste in our own home. About a fifth of our, the food that we buy, we kind of 
end up throwing out. And that's something we can control. But also in Australia, the thing slightly outside of our control sometimes is that, you know, if we dispose of that, if we don't have compost, for instance, that ends up going to landfill. And food breaking down in landfill without oxygen uh, creates methane, very potent greenhouse gas. And, you know, so food waste is one that we really need to be getting onto very quickly and changing that habit very quickly. Yeah, all right. And it is a war on waste, isn't it? A real battle that we actually need to solve. What happens if we don't solve this? Well, I mean, look, a, a lot of these waste impacts do have not only long-term effects in terms of litter, in terms of just the you know enjoyment of the environment, they have long-term impacts in terms of our use of resources, you know, often dwindling resources as well. So the fact that we don't reuse these things or recycle them or avoid them in the first place means we're burning through the resources that go into them. And that obviously then also has often a carbon footprint. It has a, it has a global warming footprint as well. This kind of single-use approach to living has a, a carbon footprint. Craig Rucastle is the host of War on Waste. You can find it on iView. This episode was produced by Veronica App-App, Nell Whitehead and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cohen. Just letting you know, each Sunday this month, we'll be bringing you an episode of If You're Listening with Matt Bevan. So look out for that in your feed. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again on Monday. Thanks for listening.